Welcome everyone to a brand new episode of Send Us Flowers. I am here with the incredible Wendy Zhang. She is when you're hungry on Instagram because oh my god, you're an incredible chef. You're an incredible person, really, just period. But like you've won Chopped 420. I mean, you have created your own product. You do incredible content and work and just like works of art, really, for other people, other brands. And I'm honored to send you flowers. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, it's been really amazing and inspiring to just kind of watch you evolve and, you know, evolve your voice and bring in different intersectional people and experiences and other topics and... So I'm just really glad to be a part of it. Yay, I'm so excited. And so I know that there's a lot of stuff in your bag, but before we get to that, um, I would love to know who you're sending flowers to. Um, If I had to think, you know, about who I'm so grateful for in yeah. this moment, um, I would like to, I mean, in general, you know, send flower to badass Asian women in my life who, you know, keep me grounded and keep me feeling so loved and supported. Of course. Um, but especially recently, um, over the Christmas break, I was able to hang out with my um, girl cousins from China who all immigrated to North America. What? Yeah, it was really, really beautiful because we have not been together like that. In, yeah. I want to say like eight years since we were back in China. So Wow. Yeah, and like we're all kind of around the same generation mm -hmm. and you know growing up in the same family and you know under you know very very patriarchal values of China yeah. and our family you know we've just had a lot of you know generational trauma and shared experiences that we've never shared this deeply as adults and right. this break it really really helped me um to shed a lot of my own generational trauma and um and like you know ever since you know you mentioned earlier that i want chopped which was when you know all my family and everybody found out right and it was actually kind of rocky because not everybody in my family is supportive and it's just been kind of tumultuous too um right. and you know it's really challenging me in a way to like um, really question myself like well what part because it what it stirred up for me and triggered for me was a lot of the stigma I still had that yeah. was being projected onto me and even though I'm out here advocating and for you know this lifestyle for mm -hmm. cannabis and for plant medicine it's like you still carry those wounds and those stigmas with you so having my girl cousins like also by the way like they don't even really partake, you know, they don't I was really... going to ask. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, through me, maybe, you know, yeah. but like um, maybe some edibles. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Very light, just for sleepy and with CBD, yeah. you know, more health and wellness oriented. But, um, you know, it was cool for them for me to see how much they supported mm -hmm. me and how they've been advocating for me with other family members too. even if they don't partake, they get it. You yeah. know, they know what um, I'm trying to do and they see the positive in it yeah. and they see the benefits and for them to just support me in that way, um, you know, it just kind of helped me fight those stigmas more. Of and course. I think after their visit it kind of left me even more confident even more supported and feeling more sure of myself so you know um sending flowers to to my cousins what has it been like navigating those conversations especially with people who may not agree with what you're doing um i think and, and so publicly by the way yeah i mean chopped is is on discovery just so everyone is aware no totally and <laughs> you know i think i thought about it um like even before going on the show right but i think every time i'm confronted with those things you know i have to it's a good evaluation and reflection moment of like, am I really in it? How much of myself do I want to put out there like that? Of course. Um, you know, and as much as I feel a calling and a responsibility to do it, I also need to protect my energy and have Absolutely. boundaries. Um, so, you know, I think it's been a constant negotiation. But for me, I try to focus on the people and the conversations Absolutely. Um, that feel good for me. Yeah. Um, and 
you know, I just try to remember those and try to come from a place of love and also understanding that some people are just not ready to hear that, you know? Yeah. And um, and you can't be set on a specific outcome for somebody else because then mm-hmm. you're just like shoving your ideals on down their throat, you know? And that's not what I'm trying to do at all. So I'm, you know, where, where my boundary is, is I'm really there to engage in conversations with people who are curious and open to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not trying to like convert the non-believers, you know, yeah. I think, you know, as we evolve this space, as more people, um, you know, with their own stigmas, you know, see how we model in this community model a responsible, caring, loving, community oriented way mm-hmm. of living. Maybe they'll change your mind, but I'm really not interested in like, you know, converting the non-believers. I'm here for the people who are actually interested in learning and empowering them um, to be more in charge of their own consumption journey. Yeah. And I I think you offer such an accessible way to do that. I'm curious, what was it like for your cousins, especially coming from China, to be here and to be in all of this? Like, weed is really illegal in China. And to be able to be in a place where it's not only legal, but fairly accessible, not only to smoke, but in food, in tincture forms, in vaping forms, in topical forms even, how what was it like showing them things like are they familiar with it well one of my cousins was in um is in canada so you know they legalized oh, okay. yeah. before we even did so you know she's seen it everywhere in gyms and so she already had that concept of like cool i'm seeing it in this health and wellness context you know because she's thinking about drugstores and gyms and things like that absolutely so and my other cousins who live in america you know they are also much more familiar with it so i think even moving out of china and just seeing other information and education about it Mm -hmm. has kind of set a pretty open mind and base for them And then from there, you know, I really wasn't trying to push anything. It was really like um, just questions or, um, you know, I just tried to give evidence-based facts Mm -hmm. and things like that. But also own up to the fact that there's not enough facts because federally it's still illegal, which prevents a lot of really incredible research from happening from Mm -hmm. us getting those facts. So, um, you know, I just try to be as objective and honest as possible Mm -hmm. and so when you ultimately won and wanted to share that were you hesitant to um not so much with them but maybe with my parents okay um but with them i think it was and that's another really really beautiful thing about the love that my cousins share with me is that you know they didn't see it as a taboo they weren't like oh my god you're on tv for cannabis they were more like wow you're on tv for cooking you're on tv talking about citron like you know ingredients Mm -hmm. and how that pairs with different cannabis strains and you know they saw it more as a creative culinary feat um which is how i want people to perceive it absolutely so um you know, for with for them, they were just like, this is so cool. You're doing amazing things. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, you know, with my parents, it's a, it's a kind of a mixed bag. Um, but, you know, I think it's it's just tough because I am an immigrant. So it's I'm not like first gen or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like I grew up in China till I was 10. So I still have that context. Right. But they didn't my parents didn't come to the U.S. till in their mid 30s. So, you know, being a full grown adult, having like the information they were given, it's a lot harder to change that kind of perception overnight. So, you know, I'm not really holding out for any kind of specific outcome. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, you know, am putting positive energy out there for, um, you know, us to continue to have the conversation. Absolutely. Because I think that's really what it is. It's like you can't just think that people are going to change their minds overnight Mm -hmm. um you're going to drive yourself crazy and build resentment towards them if you do that totally and you know i'm for being patient Mm -hmm. and you know just being present in the journey of the conversation rather than they have to you know think a certain way Mm -hmm. and you do so much for the aapi community and especially with other 
you know, women and people in cannabis, I've seen you really, you know, your light just beams through. And with other people like Christina and others, you have all created a space where I feel like it's been safe and comforting. And I'm curious what it's been like building that space while also, you know, having this identity and balancing that. I think if anything, that's been part of my journey. I think um, in sharing that love and building that space that I so much crave, mm-hmm. especially, you know, now you know what I just told you, and you know, and you kind of get the uh, why behind I do what I do. Absolutely. You know, it's like sometimes, you know, we have to find our chosen family to feel supported in the thing we're trying to do. Yeah. Um. So, you know, in my uh, really, really trying times with my family, not really accepting it. It's been really incredible to connect with the API community mm-hmm. here. And, you know, shout out to Ophelia Chong, who's like, such a mentor to me who also is such an incredible um, community organizer through her work with um, ACE, uh, Asian American for Cannabis Education. Oh, thank you. Um, So, um, you know, seeing and walking alongside her and Christina um, with the event that we built together, Mogu Magu, um, it's been really, really great to constantly remind me to that hey this is my why i'm doing it yes Um, i need this other Mm -hmm. people probably need it too you know the why the why in general in life is already so important but especially when you're doing something that's a little bit you know cannabis feels oftentimes like we're swimming upstream and to have a why when you're fighting against a current I mean, what else is keeping you going? Thank you. Thank you for saying that. I work really hard at it. I don't want to ever come off like, (laughs) oh, yeah, I'm just being fabulous (laughs) in L.A., you know, on my beautiful healing journey. No, it's it's a lot of crying. It's a lot of tears. It's a lot of hugs and consoling Mm. and feeling shitty and then feeling okay about yourself again of course it's like a daily thing you know um and I try to make sure that I (laughs) am having those release you know sometimes I really do think to myself wow it's been a while since I've cried I must be like I need to tap into that and like you know get myself to cry yeah should we cry on the podcast anything you want to cry about i'm just kidding we don't have to cry <laughs> i mean if it happens organically you know i'm not gonna Perfect. Uh, yeah. i'm not gonna uh, hide it but at the same time <laughs> <Viewers> stay tuned <laughs> i just always you know because when i'm watching other people um you know on on talks and things like that i'm always like I hate that narrative of making people feel like, oh, wow, they really got it figured out, you know? Behind every good boundary I keep is because somebody broke it, you know? That's true. And so there's there's hurt, there's disappointment mm-hmm. and frustration sure. behind all of those boundaries. So, Absolutely. you know, I definitely don't want other people out there thinking that it's actually <laughs> effortless. <laughs> I mean, you re- it really is incredible what you're doing. And Part of what I feel like makes it so accessible is um, I think that (laughs) things like, here, let me, I'm going to put the tea down. Oh, and for all the audio listeners and viewers, you brought this beautiful tea and I took a sip. I had to stop myself. I was going to interrupt you, but this is magical tea. What is this? Thank you. It's so good. It's Tianguanying Oolong. So Tianguanying means Iron Goddess. This is a is one of my favorite varietals of Chinese tea from uh, the Sichuan region where I'm from. Mm -hmm. And um, it's got one just beautiful floral earthy flavors. Um, And also it is great for digestion. Okay. So, you know, when you're eating like a big meal or like a ton of snacks like we're about to do. Right. It's really good to pair it with something that's going to help you with your digestion. Um, And it's just I mean, I love the floralness of it. So it's like this is perfect for this podcast, you know, flowers everywhere in our cups. No, this is this is absolutely mad. I mean, there's not even honey in this or anything. No, it's there's no sweetener. No, this is probably the best tea i've ever had i'm so glad you enjoy it i am obsessed i pretty much exclusively drink tea that um we uh get from china 
okay. they just do it differently you know yeah I, it's i feel like it's what 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 is different do you know um i think just the the process and the storing and everything mm-hmm. i mean you know you have to think about it from the perspective of uh like taste and palate they're trying to right, you know uh, appease to and i'm from citron and citron people are so opinionated about their food okay and quality and yeah. like so you know we kind of get this trained nuanced palette even from a very young age so i so it's like if you're going to be a supplier that's going to be you know supplying the pickiest people in china like (laughs) it better be good so i think they just have such a long history of like honing in their craft right for the a very very picky palette of mm-hmm. people. Yeah, and I, I think that's so cool though. That's a beautiful story, by the way. And I, I think that's so cool because with food and you know the culinary experience, I really do feel like there is this insane connection with weed and like you know what the palette is and the sourcing and how mm-hmm. things are grown and how they're stored. Even you know everything down to like the finest detail is so crucial and so i i just i love talking to people in food and weed just exactly there's such a deep understanding and i i'm obsessed with that i mean i mean you know how like the the french in wine industry they talk about the terroir which totally. is like the makeup of the dirt so mm-hmm. even if like you had a blue dream seed and i had a blue dream seed and we're growing in yes. different places and taking care of it differently mm-hmm. It's going to come out with different terpenes and different, yes. you know, THC percentages and all these different things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same thing for anything we grow, you know? Yeah. Um, so, like, the terroir of uh, Citron is very, very diverse. We got, like, rivers and mountains and Absolutely. different elevations. Yeah. So, um, teas grown at different elevations, too. Okay. And different soil makeup kind of changes the. That's why this we only put water in it. That's it, you know. And right. you're getting like this crazy, like complex flavor. And I think it's the same thing with weed, you know, with mm-hmm. flowers too. Is like, you know, people you know get such crazy terpenes sometimes, yeah. and I'm like, how is this just one single string? Absolutely. Because it tastes like five strings mixed together, you know? Yes, uh, completely. And then it also is so cool how it tells a story of that geographical region. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, so unique to that. And something that I think, so I, I wanted to show people your chili party. This is, I've been dying. I mean, like, dying to try this. And I'm so excited you brought it. This is yours. Yes. This is your baby. It's yours now. Well, <laughs> yes. Um, no, but like this is this is your baby. And I want to hear how you started this. Um, so basically, you know, when you go to like your local dumpling house, usually there's always that little red chili sauce mm-hmm. jar on the side. And so that chili sauce is very common. It's most it's like in everybody's house in China. Yeah. In um, in all these dumpling shops, and it's usually a really basic sauce, mm-hmm. uh, and it's still really good. It's just Absolutely. like hot oil to the right temperature, yeah. pour it over the chili, and you know it gets all the air essence and the aromatics out. Mm-hmm. But this is a very chefy, complex version of that. I love it. So it's got like you know mushroom powders, yeah. and the oils are in, is infused with like mm-hmm. seven different spices, mm-hmm. and there's crunchy bits in there of like shallots and garlic, and there's just like so many different complex flavors. Like as soon as you open it up, you're gonna be like, "Wow, I smell so much." Yeah. So. This is like how I want to present my culture. And, you know, I'm so proud to be from Sutron. I think, yeah. you know, it's um, something that is like my my superpower as a chef is like being able to be from there and mm-hmm. having the grown up with the amazing food and culture. So I just want to be able to encapsulate that um, that pride and that sense of like discernment and quality and taste um but also wrap it up in something fun you know it's like just because you're honoring something doesn't mean that has to be so serious and like whatever make it a party yes i mean even like down to you know the packaging and everything it is a party like i look at this you when you post it on you know socials everything like i want to i want to go to this party I want to be there. I'm like, where is that party happening? Because I need to be there. And the fact that you can take a little bit of that party with you and have a bite of it. And there's literally a party in your mouth. 
that part so in the back on the back <laughs> yeah. it says it's a feeling yeah because um there is an ingredient in there that is very special and native to our region which okay. is citron peppercorns got it um so citron peppercorns they are what produces that numbing spice mm. um and why i say it's a feeling is because when you eat it yeah. it actually vibrates your taste buds what so it's a sensation also a flavor because flavor is like more of like you know the salty sweet uh-huh. whatever's um but that it's a sensation you know so it really feels like a party in your mouth that is so cool okay i'm so excited for this i'm gonna eat it with everything i have some burrata at home and i'm gonna put oh yeah i'm just thinking of all the things like crackers um good on everything. chicken i'm can just it's tell good. you what's in my fridge <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so that is definitely the first item of your bag. I had to touch on that. Um, what else is here? We're looking at just a spread. I'd be remiss to not talk about another okay. Citron Sisters sauce, too. Got it. Um, this is Fly by Jing from my dear friend Jing. She's also from my hometown of Chindu, but so cool. she um, immigrated to Toronto with her family and she saw such a white space in, um, you know, condiments world. Yeah. And so and she ended up like spending a ton of time dealing with sourcing and finding the best you mm-hmm. know, ingredients. Um, everything in this jar is from uh, Citroen, our hometown. So yeah. like, you know, we really care about terroir and things that yeah, come absolutely. from, you know, the, the, the rice soil and people. So this is her Jong sauce. Jong is um, a family name. It's this family who created this very iconic dumpling in our region. Ooh. And the dumpling's iconic because of the flavor and um, how it's shaped. It's usually like a smaller, no vegetable, just a okay. tiny bit of pork in the middle. And then the wrapper is really chewy and al dente. And Ooh. then you put it in this beautiful sauce that's kind of, it's very spicy, but it's also got a nice sweet umaminess to it. Yeah, okay. Um, so it's the it's called Jones Dumpling. So yeah. this is like kind of a Jones Dumpling sauce. But you can literally put it on everything. Like if you smear it on some salmon and just throw it in your air fryer got it you know on a night when you're like i only have one minute to cook i do have an air fryer great (laughs) then you can you know put this on your chicken too and throw it in there you know cut it into little pieces yeah like little um popcorn chicken kind of things and throw this in there and put in the it's gonna be crazy good Okay, I'm so excited. What else am I having for dinner? Um, <laughs> just a lot of just a lot of candy now. Uh, I yes, got us I'm some, um, you know, Asian Kit Kats. We got strawberry and okay. matcha. Those flavors pair really great together. Amazing. And we also have some coconut taro rolls. Mm-hmm. I love anything coconut. Yeah. Um, and you know we got to have some savories too. So of we course. got these crunchy Thai spice Chex mix things. That I really, really love. We're so, about to go in. Okay. You know. Um, what would you say is kind of your perfect um dose of edibles for people who want to be out and social and are at a party? I think that it Obviously also matters. Subjective. Right, it's but, subjective, but I also think that um, more so than so the good. the dose, the the format's really important. Intriguing, you know? tell me more. Um, so I know, like you know, beverages, it's uh, you know, it's not widely distributed yet, but I mm-hmm. hope it can be one yeah. day. Um, and that's more of like a retail evolution yeah. issue. But I really like um, using beverages. Got as it. a way uh, to introduce new people to it, because, you know, say, for example, you have a five or 10 milligram can of beverage, you know, you can drink it at a social event if you're not really into alcohol or in, mm-hmm. and water's too boring, you know, and like, you know, you get to actually have something that's like a libation that shifts your mood a little bit absolutely you know and when you have something more like a five to ten milligram beverage Mm -hmm. you're not drinking you're not chugging the whole thing right you're socially drinking you're sipping here and there so you're really only taking in like 
one to two milligrams at a time Mm -hmm. and then that's giving you a leveled high yeah and then from there you can add whatever else you want right you can have more edibles or if you can you can just smoke Mm -hmm. because that hits you more instantaneously for sure so it's i think it's more about that like lower and consistent to like get you used to what different edibles have effects on you Mm -hmm. for you to feel comfortable like oh if i go to this because now i'm at the point where i'm so seasoned that i know yeah how much to take before i go to a party Mm -hmm. but you know i can see how it's really daunting if you haven't tried you know a hundred different kind of edible so yeah no it's i i find it to be very subjective but i was so curious what your thoughts were on it because it has been definitely like you know something I've seen more of is people using weed in some way shape or form to go out Mm -hmm. and I'm like this is awesome um but I do find that people have a discovery process (laughs) with (laughs) I like that discovery process I'm gonna borrow that yeah we'll call it that (laughs) discovery (laughs) process of like obviously what works for them and so I, I was really curious what your thoughts were. And I, I think that's a really cool answer. And to follow up, I'm really curious also, what would you say is like your favorite high food? Like, what do you have to have when you're absolutely smacked? And you've got the munchies. They just hit. Um, Definitely <laughs> Sichuan food. It's got to be either hot pot or some type of dumpling noodle situation. Oh. I just want to really chew on things, you know, that are spicy. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, I just really want to chew on things that are spicy and chewy when I'm, <laughs> you know, because I just want to taste more. Mm-hmm. And the spice makes you crave more food. And then the <laughs> the chewing is just very satisfying sensation, especially mm-hmm. when you're high. Yeah, I would I would agree. That's very detailed all right this is delicious by the way right i love the specks of strawberry in there that's not just like a oh this is a sugary strawberry mm-hmm. taste it's like no this is like a punchy like you know strawberry tartness yes that's what it is it's the tartness all right before we get into some dabs uh i did want to ask so there was a question from the audience actually about um creating your own products as a weed chef and I was curious what has it been like I know that this this is not specifically infused no but do you plan on doing infused items and what has it been like you know creating your own product because that's that's huge I mean it it was a lot of fun um I love doing R&D that's probably my favorite part of the cooking Mm -hmm. even though I know it's like supposed to lead up to you actually feeding people and the production of it all (laughs) but like the R&D part is my favorite if I can just do that um so uh it's actually really fun you know you come up with these ideas and playing with these different flavor profiles and dosage dosage Mm -hmm. is so important you know it's probably the most important thing you got to get right yeah if you're going to do any kind of infused things Mm -hmm. um but uh it's it was really you know really fun Um, yeah and but in terms of thinking about am I going to do my own edible Mm -hmm. and things like that? It's such a big question because the question is, am I going to do edibles is, do I want to be a small independent entrepreneur with no funding battling the regulations and the big guys in the industry Mm -hmm. now that we're in a legal market that doesn't, especially in California, that doesn't really help people in my situation. So it's, it's like, yes, of course, I would love to, you know, develop a edible line that mm-hmm. can, you know, be shared with way more people than, yeah. you know, who's coming to my dinners right now. But Absolutely. it just doesn't seem realistic. And I feel like the capitalistic aspect of it being involved in the industry that way will just drain the passion and creativity yeah. out of me. So that's been definitely something that's like always on my mind is yeah. like... How do I make big impact, but also stay true to yes. what I want to put out in the space? Oh you know? And I don't want to get greedy about just like, oh, just because I can do something doesn't mean I should, you know, or maybe I shouldn't right now. Yeah. You know, so I'm just, you know, waiting for the right time. And I try to stay present mm-hmm. for what makes sense for me right now. I I think that that's beautiful. I do think that in this space, there's constantly this... Um, battle of 
you know, quality versus quantity Mm -hmm. in so many ways. And for you to be able to hone something in and really say, I need it to be right and I need it to be quality, I think that's, I, I needed that breath of fresh air. I feel like so many people are just rushing to do something to do it and they're not asking, how does this help others or how can this benefit others or be of value to others? And they're first asking, well, how can it make me money? And I don't think it puts forth like the best product for people. And you touched on some of the dinners you've been having. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So, you know, through my uh, catering, uh, Drizzle Catering, we do a lot of different pop-ups. Yeah. uh, A lot of collabs. um, Because, you know, as an independent chef, it's hard for you to learn from others. Because you're not in like a everyday kitchen restaurant kind Mm -hmm. of scene where you're collaborating with people constantly so i yeah. try to use my pop-ups as a way to like collaborate and learn from other chefs too um but the intention behind these pop-ups is really to create a space for uh like i said those people who are kind of curious yeah you know? because i think as things become more legal and mm-hmm. they become more widely available there's mm-hmm. way more shops and products yeah. and brands it's so confusing, so confusing, especially when we don't have great research and, um, you know, regulations. So marketers are just putting whatever the fuck on their packages and it confuses so much. I mean, I'm confused and I'm a seasoned stoner. So like, do you believe in like I go to a shop and they'll say, would you like an indica or sativa for like edibles? Is that real? No, but I feel bad to, like, say something back to the poor buttender, you know, because I'm just like, okay, this person was trained by whoever was in charge. If this is like the easy, I I find it to be lazy, you know what I mean? But I can't get mad at the individual buttender who's asking me that because, you know, they maybe they're getting directives from somebody else, you know, but I do find that it's a um, even though it's convenient to. (laughs) um you know go down to such binary Mm -hmm. i i think it's um you know it doesn't do us a favor in the long term you know because it kind of like the it kind of stops the conversation there you know totally it it stops the curiosity there and really there's like the plan is anything but binary so reducing it to such binary things Mm -hmm. it really just kind of isolates it yeah when you look at it from a perspective of it's just an organic plant Mm -hmm. that has terpenes like any other organic plant you Mm -hmm. know this tea has terpenes yes you know those strawberries in that kit kat has terpenes it's like then we begin to think about okay what do these terpenes have effect holistically Mm -hmm. on us and I know that's like a lot harder of a pitch to, you know, than somebody coming in. You're like this or that, you know. Yeah. Um, But I do think that that point of sale is such an opportunity Mm -hmm. to interact with consumers because a lot of times people are just reading marketing messages to be able to talk to a real person who has experience Mm -hmm. using the product is like the the biggest opportunity to do that. So I I would hope to see that trend a bit of a change you know and like people actually engaging in conversations and i'm sure you know with some you know savvy marketing pr we can Mm -hmm. reduce the um the whole spiel about terpenes and the effects to something also convenient and quippy you know yeah and so when you're so say you're going to a dispensary i'm curious what would you look for if you're picking out your own edibles um so i well, I know a lot of the brands really well, so I'm like, it's not, I'm not a good example for, <laughs> <laughs> or a sample size for people's past to purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, but so usually I already go in knowing the brands and products I want to try. So Absolutely. if those brands have, you know, new stuff, I always want to try it out. Yeah. Um, and I also, I also ask the bartenders, like, have you tried this? Mm-hmm. It's a new edible. Do you like it? Um, and of course, you know, as much as I don't want to be so biased and susceptible to packaging, that matters yeah. to me too. Yeah. But also excessively, like excessive packaging, just because you're beautiful, but you're being excessive and mm-hmm. like wasteful. I also don't support that. Yeah. Um, so if I see something that's got three layers, I don't care how good the flower is. I just don't want to support that. Totally. You know? And I don't want them because you vote with your dollars and I don't mm-hmm. want them to think that this is working because, you know, like 
we can spend more of the time and resources on the actual product. Yeah, and, no, for sure. And not waste so much. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, beyond that, I love to smell things. Yeah. Uh, the nose knows, you know? So mm -hmm. I'm like, if something reacts, uh, it's positively to your scent. Yeah. You know, I think your body would like it more, too. Because if you smell something, you're like, oh, not for me. Mm -hmm. Chances are when you smoke it, you're going to be like, oh, not for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because um, certain the sins itself already give you that effect. Yeah. You know, it's if you smell something uh, very citrusy, you might already feel like, oh, that feels nice and yeah. uplifting. Yeah. And so at the dinners you have, what is it like then, you know, coming up with some of the food pairings and finding out, you know, what works flavor wise and especially, you know, then following your nose where it goes and looking for those certain terpene matches. Yeah. So I try. So, you know, going back to the mission of these dinners, which is really to um, make an inclusive space and experience for mm -hmm. very seasoned people to novice yeah. to experience. I try to showcase a lot of different types of ways to consume. So as soon as people get in, you know, maybe they're met with a CBD or a CBD THC one-to-one uh, -one, like mocktail mm -hmm. so they can see that, hey, in my daily life, even if I'm not eating, yeah. I can be consuming this beverage, you know, or socially I can be consuming this beverage. Mm -hmm. And then when we actually sit down for dinner, there's infusions uh, in the food. Wow. But, okay. But also there are so so for those, you know, we try to play off of the ingredients. Sometimes it's complimentary, mm -hmm. but not always. I actually really like to play with like uh, complimentary flavors where they like kind of maybe I'm not using the right word, that juxtapose the different flavors. Got you know it. what okay. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just because something citrusy doesn't mean you always have to pair it with something citrusy. Yeah. You know, so maybe something citrusy might actually pair really well with something really funky because okay. maybe there's like a hint of a funk of an element in the dish yes. that you want to play up. You yeah. Know? Okay. So um, that's another thing we do. But I also... Um, like to like you know because we don't want to just get people too stoned mm -hmm. and it's about giving them choice to up up their high Absolutely. if they want to so there's also different joints and dabs that they can try okay throughout so I actually do like pairings a lot because the the flavor sometimes of infused dishes mm -hmm. it's you can't really taste it so really it's more like the food is a vehicle for the high right but I think when you get down to pairing, you can taste the food and the weed a little bit more distinctly. Mm -hmm. And that it's more like a wine pairing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like cooking with the wine in the food. Of course, that adds some aromatic bodiness to uh -huh. the food. But when you're pairing the wine with the food, you can just taste it so much more. When you were mentioning kind Ooh. of your pairings of like the citrus with something funky. I This is so... It's a little Smells bit of that. so good. Right? So it's grape pie animal cookies. So good. And so you have It's like a that sweet pomelo. That's what it smells like to me. It's like a sweet pomelo. Huh. I really okay. love pomelo. So. Wow. I That is a very unique description. I, I don't know if everybody's eating pomelos. I, I probably don't, more don't know than the average person. So What is that? It's like... It's is like that a, a dumb question. No, no, they don't really sell it at Ralph's, you know. So it's like hard for you to know. See, that's why you got to go to the Asian markets. They sell yeah. it at the Asian markets, and they are so good. They're like a grapefruit that is not so um, wet, if that makes sense. So like the the pulp is a lot more um, thick. Got it. So it's got like kind of a crunch when you bite into it. When huh. you, it's really really good. Okay, that sounds really delicious I also and like refreshing. Herby bitter things. So pomelo's also you know it's sweet, but it's also got that herby bitterness. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this smells like it. Yeah. Oh, I can't stop smelling it. It, it smells, smells really so good. good. I think that they. So I have kind of an assortment of things. I have some of my favorites. Some new things to me. And um, I didn't really do anything bottom shelf. I don't like bottom shelf dabs. Thank I can't you. I'm lie. not a I... bottom shelf kind of girl, you know. <laughs> I got you, darling. <laughs> you ask for dabs, I bring you dabs. You want top shelf, I bring you top shelf. You want garlic? We've got GMO. Oh, I love GMO. <gasps> it's one of my favorites. Me too. Yeah. I love anything garlicky. I also love garlic like when I'm cooking. Oh, that's ready to oh. go. Yeah, so tap. Yeah, there you go. 
Ooh. Is that a good temp for that? <coughs> I think so. Yeah. Okay. It's at about 480. Um, we were discussing <laughs> just for all viewers and listeners, we have like. I don't know. We have two rigs. We've got a Puffco. We've got <laughs> multiple torches. We have one. Okay, I don't know if we're going to actually use, like, the glass that we brought, but you all have to see this. This thing is, like, a literal, um, like, fire. I don't even know. This thing is a – what is the thing from Tesla, the boring company, the fire blower, the fire thrower? <coughs> Fire thrower. Fire thrower. This is a fire thrower. <coughs> is it gonna do it? Ah! <laughs> Don't burn like, my snacks. This is crazy. <laughs> and so we have a little bit of a different version of that. We're gonna just maybe stick with the ice fire. <laughs> I mean, we'll see where this where the day <coughs> takes us. But um, I do really love the ice fire because it does feel like an e nail. Like it. What'd you think? It kind of rips, right? I love it. I mean, you heard me coughing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it definitely rips. I think 480 is a great temp. That's yeah. my preferred. Okay. <laughs> Usually. Because I think sometimes people have it way too high. And yeah. they're like, but that makes me cough. And I get so stoned. But I was like, I don't think that's the weed getting you high. I think it's the just like everything being so burned. And Absolutely. you're actually inhaling carcinogens yeah. and the carcinogens are getting you high you know i mean something's getting you high but i'm not sure it's all the weed and so i think and also at that point is like are you really tasting the terpenes or are you just burning them to shit you know this this is the right temperature and it tastes so good this is a good i like to kind of like sit the smoke and all like just let it kind of like just, yeah. just play in my mouth a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> That's what cigar people do. <laughs> yeah. You know? I was about to say, yeah. And so um, I feel like sometimes I might sound insane, but okay. Do you think that you can taste different flavors on different parts of like your tongue or in your mouth? Absolutely. Like in the back of my tongue and a little bit on the side right here, I'm tasting like a butteriness from this. Yes. Almost like, you know, when you drink a Chardonnay and you have that butteriness to it like and you only really get that after you've like let the smoke mm -hmm. sit in your mouth and kind of like tasted it a little bit yeah. longer for it to develop mm -hmm. yeah and there's also almost like a tart at the end yeah yeah okay i vibe with this i think it pairs really well with the the tea you know what i mean absolutely the, end the aftertaste of the tea mm -hmm. how did you find that dabs just worked best for you like um, I think because I'm such a flavor junkie, you know, like we've been talking totally. so much about terpenes and flavors and terroir. And for me, this is like the purest expression of that in flower. It's just so you, you really get to taste the, the, the terpenes in isolation. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's more about the the flavor experience of smoking. I had to wait toward the end because I get so messed up off dabs, like for sure. Oh, really? And so if we had dabbed at the beginning of this, I would have been so messed up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love dabs, don't get me wrong. And especially because like I'm um, coming off my period right now. Mm -hmm. And so I still am like kind of crampy and like dabs are like perfect for that. But it's because it's like, all right, girl, lights out. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like awake and bake with dab situation okay um which is so surprising right some people are like wow you're so small you can dab that much and it's like i really can't smoke a lot and not get too messed up but, yeah but it's not the same with edibles I, interesting okay i've tell me always more. um i've always been able to like have a pretty high tolerance when it comes to smoking mm -hmm. um but you know, that's going into your uh, central nervous system and you feel it right away. Whereas edibles, you know, it's um, going through your digestive system. It's being absorbed sublingually sometimes when you're like just, you know, eating and chewing or drinking things. Right. And it gets absorbed differently and it metabolizes differently. Mm -hmm. And so the feel is different. So for for a long time, I didn't really like 
do edibles because we you wow. know back when i was in college and and you know um we didn't really have all this information about dosing for sure. so you know me like a lot of other people um have had you know those couch lock am i gonna be like this forever am i gonna be so high like this forever kind of mm -hmm. moments after eating a brownie that i made and because <laughs> we just didn't <laughs> know how to dose e ourselves even you yeah know? so you know i chalked it up to oh you know edibles not for me i tried it once and it got me really messed up and then later to you know learn so much about dosing and now helping other people mm -hmm. um with their dosing too um you know, I I started it's it's because of all the low dose stuff, you know, yeah. and when the low dose stuff started ha um, coming onto the market, which is when legalization happened, you know, because they needed to um, get newcomers mm -hmm. into the market and you can't introduce them with this 40 milligram tiny you know chocolate bar they're gonna eat the whole no. thing and they're gonna be so fucked and Completely. so like. So, you know, in, in trying out these like 2.5 milligram, 5 milligram, I've actually seen my edible tolerance go up. So now I'm more really? like a 15 milligram girl, but I started out more like a 5 milligram. Okay. Yeah. Which is surprising, right? For someone who like that gaps. That is really surprising. Yeah. I'm, I really wonder, you know, I can't wait for there to just be more research to know why certain things affect us as they do because with weed like as we have said many a time throughout this episode it's such a discovery process mm -hmm. and a little bit of you know fuck around and find out and sometimes you find out that something really works for you and sometimes mm -hmm. you find out it really does not that's new to me i've never tried this but the um i went to a new dis i like to just try different random dispensaries you're so brave <laughs> it's like really hard for me to go to stores now Wait, why? I mean, I just have less tolerance for people overall. So <laughs> I'm just like, after COVID, you know, I'm just like, wow, I don't. This is what it feels like on my body when I don't have to deal with everybody. This is what it feels like to in my mood to not have to deal with everybody. And, you know. It's like, you know, before I was like looking at all the automated things in Japan where everything's like take a ticket and yeah. online. I'm like, wow, look at them. So detached. For and sure. now I'm like, give me that. That's what I want <laughs> because I don't need a lot of attachment to things that don't give me good energy. And, so you know, funny. it's like you're maybe you're attaching yourself to things that drain you. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, why can't I open this? <laughs> I just had to clap at that because just, yes. So, um, oh, wow. I finally really got this one open. Just by the way, that entire time, both of us were trying to open packaging for all the audio. I was trying right? to get the 710 Labs open, which this is, okay, I will say I love 710 Labs. So I had to bring 710 Labs. This is their GMO. Ooh. And it's they my look favorite. like little white chocolate chips. Like it's really beautiful product. Whoa. It's um GMO and grease bucket. That smells so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I will say this is a little bit of an older product, which I was a little like, mm. But 710 Labs does keep really well. Yeah, no. And when so I, think I can smell it from here. It's really nice. Um, I thought it was it was good. So we can do that one next. Um, okay, this is really crazy. Right? Okay, I'm glad it was not just me. I'm like, wow, am I really that high already? I can't get this open. <laughs> but also accessibility, you know what I mean? I think about like getting older too or not even getting older you know it could happen to me now too like mm -hmm. what if you get like arthritis what if you oh i would you know i can't even i would never be able to open 90 percent of the things here yeah it would i'd have to literally light we it on fire for like I'd, it need i don't know they need to find a balance there i don't know what this was it does <laughs> smell really good though the packaging was insane frosty Ooh, yeah, I've heard nice nothing sauce. but great things I about like Frosty. Really? Yeah. Okay. Are they new? Who, do you know much about them? Um, I think they're API. 
Really? Oh, yeah. Okay, dope. I'm glad I did, did that. And I think that's where I've heard about them because I think Christina told me about them. Because, um, you know, we're uh, through the um, Asian um, collective for yeah. food and cannabis that we run together. Um, you know, we're always trying to find out who else is, you know, for sure. out there mm-hmm. and connect each other. So, you know... Because a lot of times, you know, when I first went to the potluck events that Ophelia puts on, it was like I was holding back tears because it was just so incredible to see like people that look like you. And then you're yeah. like, wait, what? The They all work at the companies or run the company or mm-hmm. own the companies that I, you know, see in stores that I buy that I like, you know, it's just like, wow, Asians, we are out here and we're doing things and it's really and they were just like really really cool people too yeah so that was you know because i felt that from just attending one of her events i really wanted to recreate that too but you know in a way that is um you know a representative of the healing journey that christina and i share Mm -hmm. i'm glad we got that open and did that Whoa, that one was pepper. I like that one. Yeah, that might have actually been scallion pancakes. You know how there's all I these love names? your descriptions. <laughs> I just feel like you know whoever named them like they keep recycling the same mm-hmm. words, and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, is a banana that differentiated from a papaya? I don't know. Like maybe we can expand the definition a little bit. You know, yeah. like when I taste and smell these, like they remind me of like things that I grew up with, you know, like yeah. scallion pancakes. And I'm like, okay, that one was like peppery and kind of funky, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, that reminds me of like, you know, when you eat scallion pancakes and, yeah. the, and the chewiness, and the, but it's like really fried and crispy on the outside. Mm-hmm. And you just get that bitterness of the char. And, yeah. Oh, and that breadiness. It's so good. For sure. Wow, that dab... I don't know if it was the fact that we just took like three pretty large, strong dabs back to back, or if it was that one in in particular. I feel like it's a little bit of both. That one really ripped. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I feel more awake and energized now. I just feel. I feel. Pretty you know. Good. <laughs> You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I don't know about energized. <laughs> like, okay, I don't know about. Energized. I didn't want to disagree <laughs> with you outright. <laughs> But I'm like, I feel almost the opposite of energy. <laughs> mm. You have to come by and then we'll be able to actually cook together. And yes, I would love that. And then I'll show you the space. We're building, you know, the farm to table. With can- Sorry, all the mm-hmm. candy in my mouth. No, you're good. Oh, my gosh. I literally just zoned out for a second. Some <laughs> <laughs> like flavor heaven. Right? It's so good. Okay, see, this is why I love food and weed together Mm -hmm. because one, like, food and, like, meals for me growing up were always the moments where we get really present and we connect Mm, with each other. And it's because the food is so good that you're just immersed in the experience. And you're just experiencing, you're just being more aware of your senses yeah. you know and the feelings and all of that and mm. i think we just really enhances that as well yeah and so you know it's and i and i get really sad about like meal replacement type of stuff you know and i'm i don't want to judge anybody you know you do you but yeah. i just but i just think that you know it's such a fulfilling relationship to be connected right you know in those moments mm-hmm. and um why not you know it just kind of those moments for me every day it's like a moment to check in a moment to really honor being in like joyful and enjoying something you know because it's like even if i have a shitty day i'll always make sure that i'm taking the time to enjoy a meal because Mm -hmm. it's you know where i get really happy about just you know excited to eat yeah um but also just present and experiencing things you know because sometimes we're so go 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 it's like we're forgetting to check in on how it actually makes us feel yeah i'm like because 
you know, when you pay attention to those nuances of what you're mm-hmm. experiencing and what you're tasting, um, you know, you kind of get lost in that. Yeah. It's like that scene in Ratatouille where he's just like imagining all the little flavors. No, I feel you. <laughs> I have you not understand. seen Ratatouille? I have. I just I'm not. I've, I don't know if I have seen the whole movie. So I wasn't sure about that scene. <laughs> but I was trying to imagine what you were imagining. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh, this has been such a good time. Okay, um, before we wrap things up, do you have any uh, upcoming things for the new year? It's the new year. It's twenty. Happy New Year, 2023. Um, do you have any cool things coming up that you want to share? Yes, like I was saying before, I got sidetracked <laughs> with another tangent thought. Mm. Um, the space is coming along great, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and I want you to come check it out. Yes. And, you know, kind of imagine with me what we can build there. And it's really, really exciting, you know. Um, we're building, like, the farm-to-table with cannabis concept. Yeah. Um, and also just a space for other community organizers to use and... You know, I think it's been really like healing for everyone to like be more intentional in mm-hmm. how we gather and all that. So just want to create a space to help facilitate that cool. um, for me and other people, you know. I love that. Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing so much of, you know, yourself and all your wonderful gifts and talents. Um, this is I can't wait to use all of these different sauces yeah show me what you use it on yes oh my god for sure oh, i'm so excited we it's really good on fried egg too okay i'm gonna we're gonna have to go through like a recipe list <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah uh thank you so much um thank you all for tuning in to an- another episode of send us flowers i'm also so ripped right now <laughs> Um, and I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week. Happy New Year. And I can't wait to see what's next and see the space. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Let me be your guest. I'd love to try dabs and food. <laughs> I love you're just like, no, nah! give me the dabs. <laughs> I literally said I didn't want to be running to the snacks like that before we started recording. Okay, I love this. Right? I do like that this is complementary to the texture and flavor of the Kit Kat. Mm -hmm. Because it's still kind of like a wafer situation. Yeah, but it's got a little bit more of a chew because I think maybe they use like tapioca or something in Mm -hmm. it too. So gives it more of a chew, even though you are first hit with the crunch. Yeah, I like the journey of that. Here, try one of these. Okay, so are these spicy? I don't think so. Okay. I do like spice. (laughs) I wasn't asking, but I wanted to clarify. You and every other white person who's ever tried to defend their spice tolerance. I feel like that's all. I'm laughing because (laughs) I've heard that, like, common after asking her. That's so fucking funny. I. I (laughs) Is it spicy? Is always followed by, I do like some spice, or I do like spice, or some variation of that. Oh my god. Well, I'm glad that I could um, complete this stereotype. (laughs) That's really good. That's not spicy at all. Right? (laughs) See, now I'm like, are you saying that? Or are you saying that? You'll never know. I will never let you know. (laughs) Never. No, I could eat the spiciest thing in the world. <laughs> Tell you it was fine. <laughs> Which also my friends do. 
That's so funny. We should have but a you challenge. can tell they're like not fine. We should have a challenge to see <laughs> which white person. <laughs> They've actually debated this before. They've actually debated this before. They've actually been like, well, my spice tolerance is higher than so-and-so's. I'm like, I don't know. We've never had a spice off. So how will we know? Oh, my God. Okay, let's try this out. The matcha strawberry combo. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a vibe. <clears throat> This is so good. This is like a top tier snack. 